Tell me, how does your light shine in the halls of Shambhala? Yeah, you have found NH Unscripted. I am your guru-esque host, Ray Dudley. We are sending out love vibes to you from the studios of WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM. Both of those are in Concord. 101.9 101.9 FM for the lovely souls in Manchester. I got my lava lamp. I got my black light posters. I got my Nehru jacket on. Dude, we are doing it all here. If you wanted to find us out on the interwebs, where would you go? Let me think. Let me think. Oh, yeah, nhtalkradio.com. And a curse on you if you try to go out there right now. Wait till we are done. I need to thank our sponsor. Otherwise, Cat gets angry at me. I want to tell you about the folks at Lakes Region Fence in in Guilford. God, I'm getting old. In Guilford. I love those guys. Their website is lrfence.com. I see you don't touch the keyboard. lrfence.com. You know, if you go out there, you can get a free estimate on a fence. Yeah, yeah. Can you believe it? A free, free, F-R-E-E, free estimate. And they do it all. I have worked on their, uh, out on their job sites uh, in the past. The work they do is unbelievable. It really Go out to their website. Look at the pictures. I'm telling you, you you're going to love it. And here's a little thing that I hadn't brought up lately. They will return your phone call. Yeah. All you electricians and plumbers, you... Here's a tip for you. Call people back. If you leave a message out there, lrfence.com, you call those folks. If they're not there, I promise you they'll call you back. I love them. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for all you do for sponsoring this show. Folks, folks, I am so happy today. In studio with me is the ubiquitous, and that term is not used lightly here. Angelo Gentile, is that how you pronounce your Gentile, last name? Gentile, that's how I uh, Good say morning, it. my friend. Good morning. Hey there, Ray. How you doing today? I'm fat and can't lose weight. What else do you want to know? <laughs> oh, you look great. Oh, my God. It's got to be the fall. I'm going to blame it on uh, those uh, donuts from all of the, <laughs> all of the uh, uh, apple orchards I go to. My God. Oh, yeah. Maybe that is a problem. Hmm. <laughs> I have to look into that. <laughs> how are you, really? I'm doing very well, thank you. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for making the trip. Well, thank you for inviting me. I wanted to, before we go too far, um, Angelo and I both finished a gig recently up at the uh, Winnipesaukee Playhouse. What was your feeling of the overall night? It was a fundraiser. Yeah, no, I thought it was a great night. It was very representative of theater in the area, professional, community, uh, educational, as far as children go, and, and youth. Um, I thought it was a nice representation of what the Winnipesaukee Playhouse has presented over the last 20 years. I yeah. was honored to be part of it. I was, too. I really was. Um, I had Tim LeCoye and Leslie in here the other day, and they asked me what I thought of the night. I said, well, I found it to be very nostalgic, mm-hmm. much more than I thought it would be. I thought, you know, it's going to be clinical. We'll come in, we'll do our, our thing, and then get off the stage and move on. But mm-hmm. once you start seeing a lot of the people that you hadn't seen for years? Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, oh, I, know. I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> you know? no, 20 years is a long time. A long time. I, yeah, I mean, I've done five shows up there. Uh, I started back in 2012, I think, with Man of La Mancha, and then 
all the way through uh, Guys and Dolls and Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. And then uh, I kind of make the rounds throughout New Hampshire. So it's been it's Hence been a few the years. term ubiquitous. Yes, ubiquitous. <laughs> I know. I, I, I was just talking. Dude, you're that. like your own mini Jerry Lewis telethon. <laughs> I see you up at Pittsfield for their fundraiser up there. You're up at the Winnie for their fundraiser up there. Would you like a rent, a, rent I an know. actor? I know. I'm kind of like, you know, uh, I don't know what you'd call me. Yeah, some <laughs> Someone who just keeps popping up Let's every, see. every time you turn around. Someone who gets paid to do something <laughs> that... <laughs> I know. But, you know, I was, I was talking to my wife this morning. I said, you know, for somebody who kind of just loves what he's doing, and I don't really have any big connections with anyone. I, I just keep going, and I'm just everywhere. I was... Just in September, you know, one weekend I'm doing the Majestic Theater Auction. The next weekend I'm up in Ogunquit doing the Rockin' Daddios. The next weekend I'm doing the Winnipesaukee Playhouse. You know, the weekend the prior to that I'm doing the Pittsfield Fundraiser. And it's just like when you gather all of these connections over 20-plus years and things come up, it's yeah. like, sure, I'll be part of that. You know, I, I don't turn anyone down. Uh-huh. Because, you know, I'm just grateful to be part of people's um, entourage, so to speak, that they would think enough to ask me to be part of these celebrations. I'm the same way. And And I have a hard time saying no a lot of times. Please, don't anybody call me. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, because you've made all those connections and you have friends in the industry, it's really hard to say, no, I can't do it, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if I have a a double booking, obviously I've got to... I've got to turn things down. But, you know, when you get to be around as long as I've been around and you're just thankful for the opportunity to perform and to connect with your fellow actors and the audience. And, you know, it's just it's very important. And I'm grateful I can still do it. And I I will continue to do it until I can't. So but uh, you told me when we were at the Winnie, you're a late bloomer. Um, to the industry, this part of it Mm -hmm. anyway. Can you give us all just like a background? I don't even know how many people down here know about the Rockin' Daddios and all of that. Mm -hmm. Can you give us just a Reader's Digest? Doesn't have to be Reader's Digest. Yeah, I didn't step on stage until I was 39 in 1995. Last week! Which was last week. (laughs) You know, I mean, time flies when you're having fun. But uh, my entire childhood, I dreamed of being a performer. Um, I would watch the Ed Sullivan shows and the Hollywood Palace. You wanted to be Topo Gigio. I wanted to be Topo Gigio. I mean, that was my, actually, it's my second cousin twice removed. Throwing down the, <laughs> the nostalgia here. But, you know, I would look at these shows and I would just dream of being a performer. And as it, as it turned out in my youth, unfortunately, I, I was born in Brooklyn. I was raised in Queens. I had such proximity to Manhattan. I would go on the bus by myself at 10 years old to go buy my records at Corvettes on 34th Street, you know, for, I don't know what they were, $2, $3 at the time. Your 45s? My 45s and my LPs. Some uh-huh, of them I uh-huh. still have. But, you know, I, I just dreamed of performing. But as fate would have it, I, I went to parochial school, and back then there was no glee clubs, there was no acting, there was no court, there was nothing. And, you know, it just wasn't something that came up. The kids didn't do that back then the way they do it now. So my entire childhood was spent dreaming about performing on stage, never knowing how to make it happen. And just kind of living vicariously through these performers that I would see. 
and then uh, you know life gets in the way. Uh, yeah. you know, meet, meet my wife, uh, you know, forty forty seven years ago, and you know have a family, and it's like, oh well, you know, I guess that's just something that's in the past. It's it's never going to happen. And um, oddly enough, it was through my kids. Uh, my wife and I have been married almost 45 years. We have four grown children, and uh, they're all musically talented, very, very talented individuals. So my wife would take the two older boys to do things in town, such as the Barnstead Variety Show in 92 and 93. And then in 94, my wife decides to take the kids, the two older boys, to audition for Oliver with the Pittsfield Players, which is the next town over we live in Barnstead. And my uh, oldest son, beautiful baritone voice, first time out, he gets the lead in Oliver. So here I am saying, oh my gosh, (laughs) you're you're doing the things I wish I had done. And I remember remember going to see him on the opening night and I'm just kind of almost crying because I'm proud of him and I'm kind of just imagining, wow, I wish that had been me. So then the next year, uh, Pittsfield did uh, The King and I, and uh, my wife brought all four children uh, to do it. The kids at that stage, I think they ranged from 13 down to three. And uh, of course, as usual, men are always uh, hard to get. So I get this phone call from the uh, producer, and she says, hey, um, your wife and and kids are in the show. Would you be willing to come and, and help us out? And I said, to her, I'd been waiting 39 years for someone to give me the opportunity to be on stage. I will be right down. And uh, that that was how I got on stage in 1995 with the Pittsfield Players in The King and I. I played Captain Orton. I had a few lines, but, you know. Were you nervous? I was very nervous yeah. and very stiff. <laughs> I mean, now I can critique my own uh, performance, but I never left the stage since 1995. Hang on to that thought. Angelo, here's your pair of tap shoes. We are tap dancing out to the break. You and I. We are in the halls of Shambhala. Man, man, that's the bunkers of WKXL Studios in Concord. 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and at Manchester, 101.9 FM, nhtalkradio.com. Angelo Gentile is in the house. We're coming back because I got questions. Because it's time for NH Unscripted Block B. I am your host, continuing to get better looking by the hour, Ray (laughs) Dudley. We are coming to you from the almost spa-like conditions of the WKXL Studios in Concord. Get out your transistor radios, kids. 1450 AM, 103.9 FM. And for you precious souls in Manchester, 101.9 FM down there, this show and all the other programs here at WKXL can be found at nhtalkradio.com. I am begging you not to go there yet. Please, please. You can listen to us later. In studio with me, telling me great tales is Angelo Gentile. 
Brother, tell me, after you did King and I, mm-hmm. where did you did you get like the bug at that point? Were you like, I really like this, or were you like, I'm never setting foot on the stage again? Oh no, I I couldn't wait to be on stage again. Um, and uh, at the time, that was uh, November of 1995. So. I remember saying, okay, well, next November, I hope to be in the next musical here. And uh, again, as fate would have it, uh, the Pittsfield Players at the time were doing a summer show called Encore, which was kind of like a Broadway review. They did it for 20 years up at Steel Hill Resort in Laconia. 20 years? They did it from like 91 to 2001. And uh, May Hart, who was the president. I know May Hart. She was the president of the players at the time, and the director of Encore had basically invited me to be part of this this review, because they usually had about 10 men and 10 women. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's asking me to be an Encore. <laughs> I don't have to wait until November. <laughs> so I remember getting up for my audition, and again, at that stage of the game, this was all like, oh my gosh, I, I've never done this before. You're asking me to sing in public. So I don't know, I came up with getting to know you as an audition song, <laughs> again, because I had just been in The King and I. But uh, you know, it, it was good enough that I got in the show, and I had such a great time. Um, but uh, yeah, I was in I was in Encore from '96, I think, to 2001, uh, 2010. So I did it for about ten years between on and off because I wasn't in every single season. But it was just such a highlight of my career on uh, to that point because. Up until then, I was just 39 years old. I was an accountant. I had very stressful jobs. I had four children and, you know, one salary. And life was really tough. And um, I had no outlets. I had no uh, hobbies. You're going to make me cry here. That sounds (laughs) pathetic. (laughs) It was kind of pathetic. (laughs) Because what theater did for me is it gave me back 10 years of life. Yeah. Because I was I was overweight and I was so stressed. I look pictures now before theater BT versus AT after theater, <laughs> and I said, oh "My gosh, I look so stressed and so heavy and so, you know, unfulfilled." And again, not to minimize being a father because being a father is the best thing in 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 your life. But there was nothing personally that I could look forward to for myself you know I did everything I was supposed to do I you know went to school went to college got my master's degree got married had four kids had a mortgage and it was just go 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 and I'd come home and my wife would be with the kids all day she says okay I'm I'm heading out it's it's your turn so there I'd have you know a sink filled with dishes four children to put to bed a dog to take care of and it was like, okay, I guess this is what life is about. And, you know, in, in many ways it is. But theater, when it entered into my life, it gave me a reason to be excited. It, gave, it put more color in my life that had never been in my life. And I was able to live these dreams that I had as a child. As a kid, I would go into my room for hours. I would record my voice. I what? would record characters. I would double track my voice. I would sing with myself. Seriously? I, seriously. I would do these dance moves, which were pretty primitive. Um, for I, those. I'll be honest. I don't think they're much better now. No, no they really aren't, <laughs> depending, <laughs> depending on who you talk to. Uh, and I would just record, and I'd have all these tapes and things. I'd create characters, comedy routines, all these things that, you know, I just figured, well, I guess this is the extent of how I'm going to, 
you know, live this out. Um, it's like a shadow life. It, it My was God. a shadow life. And, uh, you know, to, to, to be able to put these things on stage, but obviously, you know, I had to learn how to perform. I had to learn how to be in front of an audience. I had to learn to take direction. And, you know, those early years, again, I was a little stiff. I wasn't as versatile as I feel I am now. But, um, you know, it was just a dream come true. Mm. And then, you know, show to show to show, you know, the second year we did uh, Brigadoon in 96 and then Peter Pan and then my favorite year and then Guys and Dolls, which is the the play, the, the show I want to be remembered for. I've done it three times in three different companies. But... Uh, you know, it was just it was just a very very fulfilling to me to have that opportunity at such you know, again, forty years old is it's young. Well, now yeah, yeah. Back. Well and you're up competing yeah. you know, against people you know, who probably have been doing it for But yeah, I mean, you know, especially now I see people that have been doing it since high school and grammar school and elementary school. They've danced since they were three. And it's kind of like that whole chunk of my life theatrically didn't exist. Mm. So now I've got to cram from the age of 39 to where I am now. I've got to cram all this stuff in that I wasn't able to do earlier because of other commitments and, and other, uh, you know, uh, things that I had to do. So that is one of the reasons why I am so busy now mm. and that it just every weekend is something else. And Almost too busy? Um, Sometimes it's almost too busy because I'm semi-retired and I, I work uh, part-time now for Riverbend Community Mental Health. Mm -hmm. Love the job, love the people, love the mission there. And, you know, I sometimes have to leave early for a rehearsal or a show uh, or what have you, but it, it all fits in really nicely. But, you know, the, the whole thing is that I'm still going strong. I'm my worst critic, so when the time comes that I feel I'm not performing to my standards then i will withdraw mm. but i feel i'm still doing really well uh, i've been blessed with very good health i'm able to sing at you know the top of my game and uh you know with the rock and daddy as we had 20 gigs this year it just keeps regenerating we've been, been going strong now for 12 years being our 13th year as the rock and daddios and I've got to sing these Frankie Valley songs. I'm telling you, yeah. you know, it's not a joke. You, you have to be able to sing to hit those high notes. We had those falsettos that were in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, but I'm still able to do it. And uh, I'm just grateful that I'm healthy enough mm. to be able to do these things. I want to get into the Rock and Daddios here in a minute. Um, but do you think, so you mentioned a lot of the theater that you've done has been musical theater mm -hmm. do you tend to lean towards that is that a preference yeah i i i am my forte is musical comedy um again going back to my youth i, I would love to watch you know the musicals uh music man you know guys and dolls oklahoma all that kind of stuff and i loved comedy I was, you know, basically raised on I Love Lucy and, and shows like that. So to combine the two, to me, is an ideal, it is my dream. I have dabbled in dram uh, dramatic theater this past year. Yep. Um, I did the Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime oh, in yeah. Pittsfield in March. That was a lot of fun. Were, were you rewarded? Did you feel rewarded doing it? I do feel rewarded. And... Um, Actually, I got an award this year for that. What, you did? Best Supporting Actor, and I was just absolutely stunned. I couldn't believe it. Did you get that award at, that night at the uh, I got fundraiser? it at the fundraiser back in September. Oh, how did I miss that? Yeah, and oh you God. know, it, it, drama, dr dramatic roles are fun, um, 
but music comes naturally to me. Mm. And when I'm in a two and a half hour musical and I've got my lines, I can't wait for the next song because then I don't have to stress about remembering anything. The mm. music just comes naturally. The, the words come naturally. Um, but yeah, I've dabbled a little bit. I've done um, play festivals up with Powerhouse Theater Collaborative, a um, couple of those. I They'll keep one, you busy. This year. My God. Oh, yeah. I mean, Brian. Are you in Captain's Courageous? I am in Captain's Courageous. Oh, we open are. next weekend. Go tell me a little bit about that. How's oh, that been? It, it's been wonderful. I mean, it's a wonderful story. It's a very talented cast. I think there's 19 men in the story. Um, every one of them is talented in their own right. And uh, it's a very heartwarming story of life on the sea and the redemption of a young boy who led, who led a very privileged life but really learns what life is about. And basically, it, it changes him from a, a nasty, bratty child to a very caring individual uh, through the lives of the fishermen that he meets. But uh, it's next weekend at the Colonial Theater in Laconia. Didn't I see Brian set up a... A day for you all to go down to a schooner? or That was in September. Yeah. No kidding. Hang on to that thought. Yeah. Here are your white jazz gloves, Angelo. We're going to like <laughs> give our little jazz hand waves. Right. So as we go into the next break. Oh my gosh, I love my job. You are listening to NH Unscripted. I am the ever, ever happy host, Ray Dudley. Weeping tears of joy being able to do this. We are coming to you from the studios of WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. <laughs> you can find us at nhtalkradio.com. Angelo Gentile and I will be back because we got a lot to uncover. Mama told me not to come. <laughs> Wrong. Sticking with the three dog night, though. I'm hanging oh, yeah. in there. Hanging in there. You have found NH Unscripted, you blessed soul. I am Ray Dudley, the ever aging but maturing host. We are coming to you from the Taj Mahal like digs of the bunkers of KXL Studios in Concord. Yeah, you can try to find us. I don't think you can. 14.50 a.m. That's why we're sending out the love vibes. 103.9 FM. Both of those are Concord. 101.9 FM in Manchester. You can find this show, archives, and of all the other great programs here at WKXL at nhtalkradio.com. Angelo Gentile is here, and he has some great stories. Angelo, I have to pivot. I have to pivot because I want to know about the Rockin' Daddios. Can you tell everybody in Concord and in Manchester who may not know about the Rockin' Daddios what they are, the how the genesis of that came mm -hmm. about? Love to. Yeah, the Rockin' Daddios, we are a quartet, uh, and it's made up of Jim Regato, Bo Geyer, Rob Dion, and myself. We are the current lineup of the Rockin' Daddios. We sing songs from the late 50s, early 60s, doo-wop, a cappella, mm. as well as uh, some accompaniment with guitar and piano. But um, to, to talk about the genesis of the Rockin' Daddios, I need to go back to the Pittsfield Players a little bit. So if you remember, I started at 95, and all I did was Pittsfield Players through 2001. 
So I was doing the encore show in the summer and I was doing the fall musicals. And uh, at that point, it was like 2001, and there was um, there was some casting that took place in 2001. I won't get specific. And I said, uh, you know, I wanted to try out for a role, and the person that was directing said, no, we're all set with that. So it, it kind of had been precast, so to speak, mm-hmm. which, you know, what happens wherever you go. And I said, you know, there are other things besides Pittsfield. So I am going to try my luck in Concord. So I've always loved musical variety reviews. So I got involved with the IHM shows, you did. the IHM musicals in uh, in the spring of two thousand two. And I did Immaculate those Heart, for, right? Immaculate Heart of Mary uh, Church on uh, Loudon Road, and that's where I was privileged to meet the wonderfully talented Maggie Mark, which mm. I know you you, yeah. you knew Maggie very well. We love Maggie and uh, miss her terribly. Yeah. And um, I was able to get involved with these shows with Immaculate Heart of Mary, even though I wasn't a parishioner there. But we would do these three-hour extravaganzas every spring, and it would feature Broadway musicals, shows, and and comedy skits, and I was just, I had died and gone to heaven because I was meeting all these new people. They were so kind, complimentary to me. And I met Carol Naveau, who was the costumer at the time for the IHM show, and she's a dear friend of mine. And Carol Naveau came up to me and she said, you know, Angelo, she said, I do these shows with Irene DeShane, and she has all of these talented people from throughout New Hampshire, and you would be wonderful to be in that show. I said, okay, well, so tell me about Irene. So Irene would put on these, another, she would do these extrav- extravaganzas that would benefit the Boys and Girls Club, uh, all these different um, benefit shows for different purposes throughout the, the region, the Concord area. And so I met Irene in the spring of 2003, and she goes, well, you know, you have to be very good to be in my shows. She says, you know, you have to be a solo artist if you expect to have a solo, so I want to hear what you have to do, so what you can do. So I, I had auditioned with Bring Him Home. She goes, oh, yeah, you're definitely a solo. You're a soloist. I'm going to give you some, some, some space time on the show. So, But anyway, so she puts me in the show, and I meet all these, another group of people now, besides the IHM, now I'm meeting all these people that have done Irene shows. And I met Jim Regato and Bo Geyer there. So Irene had the idea to have this 15-minute men's medley, which featured songs from the 50s. Mm-hmm. And she had people like, you know, Songs representing Perry Como and Ricky Nelson and Paul Anka and Little Richard and all these things. So she chooses Jim Regato, Bo Geyer, Gary Evans, and me to represent these singers from the 50s. And again, Irene would have these two-hour shows. Everything was scripted and choreographed to the second. And she had this 15-minute men's medley, which was, you know, a quarter of the first act. And it brought the audience the audience went nuts over this 15-minute wow. medley. And consequently, we were asked to do this medley in a half a dozen other shows in years that came after that. And, you know, I was talking with Jim Regatta one year after doing it three or four or five times, and Jim was saying, you know, why don't we do this as an act, these 50s and 60s numbers, because the audience loves it. 
So I said, you know, that that sounds like a great idea. So it was, again, Jim and Bo and myself. And we had invited Gary, but he just wasn't comfortable with the concept. He says, yeah, it's a little too loosey-goosey for me. No, thank you. So we just had the trio uh, for the first year of the Rockin' Daddios that we debuted in 2011 up at Steel Hill. And, uh, you know, it, it, it grew from having maybe half a dozen gigs a year to a dozen to two dozen. And uh, I think we almost had 30 maybe four or five years ago. But this year we had 20. And we basically just sing songs from that era. And we have our target, target audience, obviously, of, you know, the baby boomers and, you know, beyond. And, uh, yeah, we just, we're still going strong. We've had... We were, we had six shows at the Mohegan Sun you did, Casino, yes. uh, at the Wolf Den. Those yes. that was like the oh my oh gosh, talk my about God. a peak, dude. I mean, when I found out you guys were down at Mohegan Sun, I about came out of my skin. Oh my gosh, it was it was as good as it was gonna get. Oh God, yes. They treated us like princes. I mean, food allowances and you know rooms and just they treated us like VIPs and. You know, we did that from 2017 to 2020. We had six gigs there. And then, of course, COVID hit in 2020. Mm-hmm. And we were part of the uh, Forever Young series, which highlighted the, the older audience. And once COVID hit, they did away with that. They, they stopped bringing the older people for fear, you know, for health concerns, obviously. And I guess it took them a year or two to come back. But they they now focusing more on eighties and and uh, and beyond mm. that type of music. They've kind of done away with that, you know, fifties and sixties. So we do a lot of summer concert series. We do a lot of old home days. Uh, we just did the Levitt Theater in Algonquit uh, last Saturday night. Uh, we've done shows in Massachusetts as well as New Hampshire as well as Maine. Um, and it's just it just keeps on going. I don't even think we advertise anymore, and we get you what? know a dozen gigs by before the year begins. We already have almost a dozen gigs for next year. What? Yeah, return engagements and new people man, and recommendations, man. and it's like okay, well we'll keep we'll keep going as long as we have an audience. That's amazing. I got a, a, a thank you to the Rock and Daddios because. When did you let me go down to Mohegan Suns with you? They let me go down. Yeah, that was the last, and, I believe it was the last gig in February of 20. Tag along yeah. and do a mini documentary. Yeah. It was unbelievable. You bring so much joy to people. To watch the audience, which it wasn't kind of an audience. It's, they were there to, to dance and get up and enjoy themselves. You didn't have to entice them at all. Mm-hmm. But to see the joy, they had so much fun. And... Am I not mistaken? Did not Mohegan Suns give you backup mus- musicians for? Because normally you're a cappella, right? Right. Well, we we actually when we were invited down to the Mohegan Sun in 2017, we brought a band together. Got you. And that's actually Rob came in as our pianist, and at the time we had um, Rick Page as our drummer, and Whit Previtt was our bass player. But since then, we've replaced several drummers and several bass players. Uh, but then. Uh, we had a fourth daddio, which we added, I believe it was 2015, Drew Seneca, who was a local musician, very talented. And uh, he had to retire for health reasons in 2020. So then Rob was promoted from just the pianist in the band to the fourth daddio. So now, you know, Rob doubles as as a singer and a pianist. And we have Ray Craigie on bass. And then we have uh, Ed Raska as our drummer. Oh, it's such an event. And, yeah. Such an event. 
how do you guys choose what songs to sing? Does it does it evolve? Do you some you toss out the you tie yeah. up more? Yeah, we we probably have about fifty or more songs that we have in our repertoire, and we started with songs. Obviously, way back in the beginning, we would all come up with something songs that we like. We would try it. If it sounded good, we'd keep it you know, in the repertoire. If not, then we'd replace it. But what what happens now is, um, you know, Jim has experience with his rusty rock stars that he did for 25 years or so. So we've brought songs from there, uh, from that group that he did, you know, prior to the Daddios. And we just introduce songs every year. We try and bring a half a dozen new songs every year. And then we kind of retire some of the older ones that are you know, maybe as in uh, as, as audience yeah. audience favorites as, yeah. as others so yeah but we're always trying to keep it fresh and keep it new and keep it going man oh man oh man i can't believe the music my feet they're tapping they're dancing oh my gosh hang on angelo hang on my friend i'm gonna rescue you tricks are not just for kids anyway <laughs> you have found nh unscripted i am your host ray dudley we are coming to you from wkxl in concord can you believe it 1450 a.m Flip over to the FM band. We are at 103.9. And for you great souls in Manchester, 101.9 FM. All of our archives at nhtalkradio.com. We're coming back. You know we are. Be right back. Yeah, I got my brill cream out for what one hair I got on my head. <laughs> We're heading down Route 66, baby. WKXL, this is NH Unscripted. I am your slick back host, Ray Dudley. We are coming to you from 1450 AM, 103.9 FM. That's streaming from the bunkers of WKXL in Concord. 101.9 FM in Manchester and our archives as well as all of the other programming here can be found at nhtalkradio.com. Oh, I feel a treat coming on. I feel a treat coming on. <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. Can I get an amen in here? Angelo, do you have a story to tell us? Oh, I, I have plenty of stories. Fire away, my friend. I love stories. Okay. So anyway, so... There you were, swinging through the trees. There I was, singing through the trees, <laughs> doing the IHM show, doing Irene's show, uh, still Irene keeping active it. with Pittsfield. Then I was invited to be part of Performers Who Care with uh, the former Sandcastle group, Jerry King. and Oh, my God. Uh, and Bob Skoog and Jane <gasps> Skoog. And, and then, I was just talking with Mike Mark the other day about that. Yeah. So go ahead. Oh, yeah. It's your so story. Lots going on in that, that decade. And so here I am. It's 2010, and it's like, you know what? I've, I've, because uh, Irene at that point had kind of retired. I wasn't doing the IHM shows. I think I'm ready to start branching out. So in the next decade, I, I got to do shows with the, um, the Village Players in Wolfboro, to the Winnipesaukee Players, uh, Streetcar, Franklin Footlight, Woo, the Majestic Theater. I've gone down to Wyndham Actors Guild uh, in 2019. Um, just sing again, Powerhouse, which was just formed a few years ago, making all these friends and all these connections. But Pittsfield is where it all began. So back in 2014, I was blessed with the opportunity to be finally get a leading role because I, I love playing the supporting characters and I love being, you know, part. I love to sing as a soloist, but I've, I usually do the supporting characters. My one big 
starring role we was need a drum roll here <laughs> was in South Pacific in Pittsfield with the beautifully talented Catherine Martinez and I we wonder were, if she's around to hear this. I wonder if she is. Boy, I haven't seen her in a while. Huh. But uh, I was Emile DeBeck, and she was Nellie Forbush in 2014, and we played at the Pittsfield Theater in South Pacific, and what a, what a wonderful show that was. Why? Um, it just was, you know, it's got the depths of love and a forbidden relationship, and then you've got, you know, all the joy in the the Bali High scene and in the, you know, the um, all the other characters, which, of course, are looting me at this point. I can, I can see them there on stage. But uh, it doesn't was, help us out on radio, Angelo. Thanks. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just a, a beautiful show about, you know, prejudice and about love and love knows no bounds and love, love is, you know, colorblind, so to speak. But that was one of the highlights of my, my career. So, again, after moving around the state to all these different companies. I came back to Pittsfield actually in, in 13 to do Thoroughly Modern Millie, which is a show you don't see much anymore because it's not exactly politically correct, mm. but I uh, had a great time as Trevor Graydon in that show. But in 2014, I, I had the wonderful opportunity to be in South Pacific with Catherine. And, uh, and again, since then, um, done stuff with the Concord Community Players, did a couple of shows with them in 16 and 17, once on, on, this, once on this island, which of course is not, is, you've got to be very careful with the casting on that now. Uh, back then, it was, it was all Caucasian for the most part. Um, and then uh, we did, we had the New Hampshire premiere of Hunchback of, of Notre Dame. Oh, that was such a great in show. In 2017. Such a great oh, show. Oh boy, did we work hard on that. It showed. Yeah. And then I got involved with uh, Christmas Carol with Joel Mercier. Uh, the, Welcome aboard. That's right. That was 2018. I've done that uh, three times and I'll be doing that again this uh, this December up with uh, Powerhouse mm-hmm. at the Colonial Theater. You and 79 other people, 79 I hear. 79 <laughs> other people. Yeah. It's a village into itself. It is. Hitting the stage. Yeah. So Same character? Every year for you? Um, Actually, with me, again, where I kind of specialized in the supporting character, I did Fezziwig the first year. I did the schoolmaster. You played Fezziwig one year? I played Fezziwig in uh, 2018, I think. Oh, my God. Yeah, me and Amy Agostino. Oh, my gosh. I love Amy. She's a doll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had such a fun time. Um, And so that was- She's uh, a character. She is a character. She is a character. And then this year, I'm doing Old Joe in the Dead. You the dead are. Number. I love Dead. I love Dead. That is to my, in my, um, I love that as, as one of the highlights of the show, in my estimation. Yeah. That and everything that Catherine's in. Uh, but, of course. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was implied. <laughs> yeah. But no, so, you know, we got that going on, doing Captain Captain's Courageous right now. Um you know, earlier this year I was doing the dramatic stuff, and uh, we'll do see you, what 24 has to hold. I don't mean to, well, yes, I do, um, to divert here a bit. This is an odd question, but you deal with mental health. Mm-hmm. Do you, are you able to use any, any of the, how do I put this, the traits that you come across? Have you been able to meld any of that into your characters? Have you been able to pull any of that? Oh, for sure. You have. You know, it's very interesting. You know, I've been around for a while. I've seen a you lot. You don't look it. <laughs> Thank you. Neither do you, my friend. Thanks. Um, I've seen a lot of different types of people. In theater, you meet people you have never dreamed of exist. Mm. Um, and, 
you know, everyone's of value, everyone has worth. And I use the entire gamut of the people I've met and the things I've learned uh, in the characters that I portray. And, you know, theater is a therapeutic experience for me. It brings me so much joy and so much warmth and depth. And it helps it helps my psyche, so to speak. And it's just it's it's a wonderful experience. Yeah. It seems as though and I don't I don't mean to be cavalier about this, um, that you would find certain traits among people who are hurting or I don't want to say damaged. Um, people who are having trouble. And you can take certain bits of that and incorporate it into characters because you have a special perspective here that a lot of people can't get, mm-hmm. right? And so it would seem to me you've got a real treasure chest, a real toolbox there to be able to mine uh, these personalities that can maybe you can translate mm-hmm. to, to stage that I, I would think a lot of people couldn't do. Oh, yeah. I mean, the rest of us have to make it up. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's interesting because you meet a lot of people in theater that are looking for to be part of a family. They're, they're looking to be part. They want to connect. Mm. They're hurt, you know, we all are hurting in our own way, so to speak, from the things that we experience in life and from the experiences and circumstances that we've gone through. And for me personally, my goal is to try and befriend everyone I share the stage with and to try and get to know who they are how they're feeling to make them feel important, to make them feel wanted and special. And especially at this stage of life, you know, I've, I've gone through so much. I've had a lot of applause. I've had a lot of, you know, uh, pats on the back. So at this stage, for as long as I am on stage, I, I am trying to be there to, to help people feel good about themselves and what they can do. Because not everyone has the same level of talent. Yeah, right. You know, but it takes a lot of courage to a step lot. on stage and you. come out of your comfort zone and to give to this audience that is there. And, and they're all waiting for something, too. So it's, it's this mutual sharing. Very symbiotic. Uh, symbiotic of, 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 of experiences and, you know, take me out of my every day so I can escape for these two hours and hopefully relate to what you have to offer to me. Yeah, I think that's the power of theater. I'm glad you went there with that. Yeah. I. I have often felt as though this is exactly what theater is about. You can go watch a softball game. You can go watch your buddy bowl. But theater, even on a subconscious level, is very interactive. You, you are engaged as, a, as an audience member if theater is being done correctly in what's taking place. You are a voyeur into something that's happening live right there. And I, I think that a well-performed role can be very therapeutic for people. I mean, it, it can also do the opposite. You could touch some rails that probably may not, you may not want to, or may hurt some people. You, mm-hmm. you don't know who's in the audience and you could do some, some play that might trigger something, you know, but that's the power of it. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen in softball. No. That's not going to happen in bowling. No. It can only happen in, th- is that... 
what is happening to my life? It's rushing through the train. Oh, just, just talk through it, Ray. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, that would be Ken, Cat. That would be Ken. Ken oh, my God. I'm so lucky. Angelo Gentile has been here today. Thank you, my friend, for coming by. Thank it's you for so having short, me. So quick. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well. There, we're going to just bookend another episode of NH Unscripted. I am your getting maybe more handsome by the second host. Yes, I'm going with that. Ray Dudley. We are coming to you from the studios of WKXL in Concord. 1450 AM, 103.9 FM. And for you great souls down there in Manchester, 101.9. Dial us in. All of the archives of this show and the other great programs can be found at nhtalkradio.com. Now you can go out there. Thanks, Lakes Region Fence, for sponsorship. We'll see you next time.